0: talk about me, Isaac M. Also, I want to do another, my top five before the end of the year. So I'm going to tell you guys about it and how you can get it to me. And yeah, jbni show i'm your host isaac middleton what's up y'all how you doing (laughs) all right all right so today we're going to be talking about yours truly and i'm going to be going over uh my top five what it is and um what it entails okay um First, let's start off with me. I am Isaac the Fire Firehawk Middleton. How you doing? Okay, so um, I started uh, doing performing, performing arts in high school. Um, sung in the choir at church. <laughs> and um, just had a really love for music. My initial goal was to do music professionally, um, and I pursued to that end. I had some opportunities that I fumbled, fumbled, (laughs) fumbled, that I fumbled, but that's okay. Uh, Learning, it ended up being a learning experience, even though it was painful as it was. It was still a learning experience, okay? Um, Once I got to Virginia, had another opportunity, uh, which I also fumbled, <laughs> but I performed with several wonderful groups, had an excellent music manager and everything, and he gave me an, an immense amount of advice. I was very young at the time, so he was just like trying to teach me the ropes and stuff and, and everything. I got to perform overseas, like Australia, with uh, several bands at the time. Um, I got to perform, uh, in England and in France, even though I don't speak a lick of French. <laughs> okay. So I performed everything in English, but they were good. It was good because they, they sung along with me and that made me feel good. And they sung it in English. Some, some of them, some of them sung it in Spanish and not Spanish, I don't say Spanish, but, uh, sung it in French. And I also perform in Spain as well. And they sung the song in uh, in Spanish, so I did. I did have some uh, experiences performing live. I haven't performed live in a very long time, though. In regards to music, um, I quit for a while. Uh, had a little stretch of some troubles. <laughs> Trouble in my way. (laughs) But I was able to work it out thanks to family and friends and uh, started back with music again. Um, It's a very long story, but to kind of paraphrase some of it is uh, in Virginia, uh, was well known at the time for uh, hip hop and rock and roll for indie music. And there were uh, some organizations. One of them was, I think it was called IUMA. Uh, let's see if I can still remember what the acronym. IUMA was an acronym. I'm trying to remember what the acronym stands for. I think it was Independent Underground Music Association. And they had their website. And so I was trying to get my music on their website because there was a lot of bands that were uh, independent bands that were out there doing their thing. I was putting it on Iuma and, and doing well. And so I wanted to get my music out there. So how I got my name Isaac M instead of Isaac Middleton is when I was filling out that application at the time, they didn't have enough characters to put my whole name in, in there. And so I think it stopped at O-R-T. And I didn't want to be known as Isaac Middletoe so i was like you know what i'm gonna just shorten it all the way up because i think uh who's popular at the time also i think kenny g was popular at the time was it r i don't know if he was still popular but his music was still out there and i thought about him and i was like you know what i'm just gonna you know just use my last initial like kenny g and so that's what i that's how i ended up as isaac m And so, because they couldn't fit my whole name in there. Um, (laughs) A few short months later, (laughs) Ayuma went away and they're gone. And I think they had GarageBand uh, website at the time and they had a few other ones, Napster and... Wow, I can't even remember all I tried to get my music on all of them, trying to get my music in all of them, on the playlist, all of that stuff at the time. And it was quite difficult. And uh, I was able to get some traction locally in Virginia. So we were able to perform all around the area. Uh, Hampton Roads, uh, Military Circle, uh, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Hampton. Newport News, even in Richmond. (laughs) So I was able to perform out there. And um, I performed there uh, solo as a soloist. I also performed those places as a group. Some of those places only as a group. Um, And I think we had... uh, I can't think of what the person is, but they basically created the music for us. And we paid for the music they created the music we paid for the music and the music was ours we just gave them credit for creating the music and uh all of those songs i have no idea where those songs went at it just and it's gone and so uh when the group broke up uh finally broke up some of the guys that were from new york new jersey and places like that went home i was still in virginia at the time and i didn't want to just stop doing music i wanted to continue we had a manager at the time and he had his own band as i mentioned before uh rock and roll uh was really popular at the time and rap hip-hop i wasn't a rapper and i not a rock and roll person we had a band and we wasn't able to practice like we should have. So when we did our live performances, the band was kind of yeah, And so eventually, unfortunately, we ended up breaking up. I tried to keep everything together myself. Total burnout because I ended up doing everything myself and nobody else was helping. And that was such a hurt and painful uh, experience. Um, one of the other things I ended up dealing with is uh, we started an account, a uh, financial account, and some of the uh, group members that were behind the scenes um, had access to the account because we were working off of a roundtable type of a thing, and that didn't work out too well because they ended up taking the money. <sighs> that... Uh, pushed me into bankruptcy that along with other financial woes that had took place at around the same time and uh i wanted to continue to do music i uh heard about missy elliott missy elliott was big at the time and she was looking for a protege at the time as well and so i was tossing my hat on my coins out there hoping that i would be selected uh, later on, I found out that she wasn't comfortable working with men, so she ended up choosing a woman. I think her name was Nicole Ray, if I'm not mistaken, but and she ended up choosing her, so I didn't get chose there, which is a little disappointing. And I wanted to get out to a club um, that was very known, very well known at the time for up and coming artists wasn't able to coordinate that. It was just like one bad thing after the next. And it was like, you know, it was independent. So for those of y'all who do independent, I don't know exactly how it is now, but I'm just speaking of how difficult this was then. And, um, so, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to give this up. I want to keep going. Excuse me. And, uh, and I kept going and, uh, Eventually I came to California. I started out doing pretty good. Got with this magazine. They were really encouraging. Um, got myself out there again, trying to find some studios. Uh, came across several good studios and and try to work some stuff out and um, and try to go. But, I think somewhere along the lines, I was already stressed out, so I think I reached burnout factor at that point, and I was just, like, done, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do, because I don't I don't feel like <laughs> doing more, right, and um, I took time off. It was only supposed to be, I think it was only supposed to be, like, one month, maybe two weeks. I think it was only supposed to be, like, two weeks. It ended up being um, years. <laughs> it was only supposed to be two weeks. Two weeks became one month. One month became two months, et cetera, et cetera. It ended up being years, years, years later. Um, and then out of the blue, someone recognized me with, to my surprise, cause I thought I was only known in Virginia I did not expect anyone outside of Virginia, not even outside of Virginia, outside of my local area in Virginia (laughs) to even recognize me. So it was, it was a pleasant surprise to have someone recognize me. And they were like, yo, are you going to come up with anything? I mean, anything at all. I was like, ah, might, I might. And that gave me the motivation to start trying again i had to find a studio which wasn't easy another studio and because the studios i was working with they closed down they didn't exist no more and um most of the, the managers at that time music managers literally laughed at me <laughs> not with me they laughed at me they were like ah, no no thank you and so that was discouraging um but i kept going and I finally found this one uh, studio that was willing to work with me and my limited finances and stuff like that. And I tried to go back to the magazine that I worked with before because they were really good as far as an indie circuit and getting people out there. And they didn't do R&B or rap anymore. They only did like heavy metal, rock and roll, all of that stuff, right? And I was like, y'all don't do it at all. They, they was like, nah, sorry, it's just not a... It's not a um, not an audience for it here. I was like, wow. And so I had to find another avenue to promote myself. So I literally made up cards, went to the printing thing. Uh, I think Kinko's was a big thing at the time. And went to, uh, I can't even remember what the other one's called. And so I just went to these different areas and just trying to get myself out there again. You know, so that was... Yeah, that was difficult. Okay, coming up next is two guys who know their stuff about sports. Um, It's a great honor to be able to work with these two gentlemen. And I learned so much in regards to sports. Just listening to these guys just talk casually. You know what I'm saying? Um, So with no further ado, I'm going to bring to you guys uh, the Sports Bag Bros. That's Trav and bias
1: (laughs) yep and we are back on yeah we missed the day but we're back today oh yeah we missed the day but so much has happened even in that little time that we've missed since we've been off you know we didn't want to talk about the nba in wholesale terms up until about christmas time because typically that's when it really starts but yo there's a lot the nba is back man i mean how can you not talk about it with all the new changes that are taking place over in the offseason. And the way teams are playing right now, I mean, come on, 81 more games to go. If you lost a game, 81 more games. If you won the game, 81 more games. But, you know, it's looking nice, and it's good to have it back and seeing young players, the OKC team coming and doing what they've done. You know, you got a chance to see Chet Holmgren. We talk about Wimbo, you know, what he's going through down in San Antonio, looking to lead the franchise. And then we look at the new-look Celtics. How did they look on the road? I
2: think the NBA needs some respect for the uh, early matchups they came up with. The matchups are good. You know, the Nuggets Lakers had a storyline. Uh, Porzingis going back to the Garden, that's yep. just another storyline. You got tonight the Bucks versus the 76ers. Maybe not a, a rivalry or history, but uh, M- uh, MB was MVP last year. Giannis a former MVP. Bucs uh, debuting Damian Lillard. Philly telling Harden, keep your ass at home. No, you can't get out of the plane with us. Keep <laughs> out here. Thank you for showing up to practice. We'll see when we come back to town. But oh, I mean, we'll it. that may have had nothing to do with that, but I'm just talking matchups. Suns and Warriors the other day, uh, you know how I feel about the Warriors. I don't think they have enough size. They lost by four at home. The Suns didn't even have Bradley Beal. Booker was doing his thing. And he looked like a point guard. People say they don't have a point guard. They might need it if Booker's going
1: to play like that. Yeah, and we know he could put up points. He's done that in the past. Unfortunately for him, when he's put up an exorbitant amount of points, going over 70 points, they still lost in those games. Mm -hmm. I think that dynamic is completely over now. I think these Suns are probably the second best team in the West this year, just behind Denver. The way it looks like it's kind of turning out right now, well, not right now, too damn early, but on (laughs) paper, they have the potential to be the number two team. If nothing else, number three, maybe a three-team race in the West this year. Not a bad thing, but it's still the early going. But I know the Lakers play. Activation, start. What? Jerry Carlson, real activation. The season started, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about the Lakers, man, and I tweeted this during the game, after the game, I posted on our our Facebook page. All summer long, they were talking about Oh, they didn't appreciate Malone what he said, trolling them. LeBron said anybody can get it, blah blah blah. You had you had this circled on the calendar, opening night, get your get back, and you have a double digit loss. And on top of that, Anthony Davis disappeared the entire second half. Poof! Come on, bro, you got you came out playing hard. I'm, I'm not gonna say you didn't play hard the second half. Misspoke. You came out balling. 17 points in the first half. What happened in the second half? You, you
1: gotta finish. You, you got revenge on your mind, bro. Come on. Yeah, then you look at Joker picking up where he left off last year. Getting a triple double out there already, man. I mean, and he's doing it slowly but surely. <laughs> and he did it slowly last year, and we saw where it led to a championship. I mean, look, it's all way too early, but damn, you talk about mid-season form. This is what he was doing towards the end of the last season when there was a championship on the line. Right. Um,
2: You know, I'm going to bring up the Bears just because I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't say it all the time, but, you know, we were expecting improvement from fields, from the offense. Game one, they come out struggling. Game two, they come out struggling. Game three, they come out struggling. So my, my motto is same old Bears, same old Bears. So as far as the Lakers and the Nuggets are concerned, same old Nuggets, same old Lakers. Yeah,
1: but the Nuggets can take that same old Nuggets because it might lead to another win. Right.
2: But for the Nuggets, it's a good thing. For yeah. the Bears, not so much. Yeah. Lakers, yeah. they, they yeah. got to gotta either make some changes or they have to improve.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to improve. How many more changes can they make? Every time you look around, people are saying LeBron's in charge. Well, if he really is in hey, charge, he's half a pass to him.
2: Half his team has gotten traded in the past. So, you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility if they don't get off to a good start. Five or six of those guys might be in other locations.
1: And, yeah, you continue to talk about the matchups that the NBA had in the early going, not just went into the – three games or four games on Christmas Day that they typically throw out there where the unofficial start of the NBA season starts. How about the Knicks and the, the new team, which are the Celtics, throwing things together with all of these players we talked about in the preseason and you know even leading up until the first game, how it's going to all kind of be contingent on what Porzingis does, not necessarily um, Chris Middleton, I am mean, not Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday, who just came from Milwaukee. Well, Porzingis trying to fit in. He gets 30 freaking points. He leads the team in scoring, and they still had to kind of struggle to beat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, still the first game of the season. But you can just say theoretically they can only go up from here, but we know in a long 82-game NBA season, ups and downs are what you're going to have. But obviously this team is going to do a lot more going up than going down.
2: Yeah, and was it a case of Porzingis going back to New York, um, having, having more incentive? um he dropped 30. he had a really good game he supported tatum who had 34 i believe and so Jalen brown didn't have the best shooting night but it wasn't necessary drew holiday i think only had eight or nine they didn't need him to score you know he did his his uh his lunch pill type job you know yeah playing defense and, and being tough out there he got a late still uh That's late in that game I, I think the Knicks were trying to go for Guys coming down the lane, and he stripped them. They went down the others other way. I mean, that turned out to be a big play. So, you know, Holiday's going to make his impact
1: here and there, even if it doesn't show up in the box score. Yeah, his presence alone, and he does have games, so it's not like you're just worried about what he does defensively, but he does bring that intangible that you can't <clears> see, which is the defense, which is the presence. Now he has that championship caliber playing for Milwaukee and getting the championship with them. But then the Knicks, you look at them, you see same old Knicks, not necessarily. I mean, they were out in the game. They had a chance to win. They got a head by two, as you said. We're trying to go ahead by four until the move was made with Drew Holiday getting the steal when it mattered most in Madison Square Garden. Porzingis said he liked that the Garden crowd was going to give him. Porzingis, that's what they were saying, the chance. And he liked it. And he thrived in it. He proved them wrong again. But I don't see where the problem is with Porzingis that the Knicks fans have because when he was there, it wasn't like, He was doing dumb things. They didn't like that he'd been coming from injury as quick as he did. I think it was still that thing that happened with his brother behind the scenes that had him sent to Dallas. And then I don't know what it did down there, but in New York, that became somewhat of a story. And they're holding it against him. He never really said anything bad about New York, but I guess that's just the New York thing to do. If you're coming back and you're not an our team, F you. right. If you're not a Nick,
2: then F you, right? Um, but what was funny is, I think they called two flopping technicals <laughs> on back to back plays. Um, I was surprised. I was yes. watching I was watching the game, but I had it on split screen because I was watching the Bulls play OKC as well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that game happened to be on commercial. So I moved the volume over and I heard them say, I think they're calling it flopping. I said, What? They yeah. <laughs> the replay. And uh, I can't even remember who it was. He did flop, and they got a technical. But then they went down the other side, and they called a flop on Brunson. Um, I was like, oh, no. They're going to be calling flops every other play at this rate. Hey, this
1: is what we wanted, though. You wanted them to go and finally stick with the rule, or did they just do that to be a pace setter and see what happens as these people continue doing? it? Or they make mm-hmm. us know that they're serious about it, and they stop flopping as much because they're not going to just stop a period.
2: So there's a, a little bit of, dis, of discussion on the broadcast because they're trying to say, well, is he flopping or is he selling? There's a difference between flopping and selling the call. Mm-hmm. And so, so many players are so conditioned to selling the call that it could be perceived as flopping. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if it was just those two refs. I didn't watch every NBA game, but – I did watch Nuggets and Lakers. I did watch a lot of the Warriors and Suns, and I didn't see no flopping calls in, in those games. So I don't know if it was just that
1: crew or, or what. Now, being up in your area, the Chicago area, uh, did you watch the Bulls game? Did you get to see the OKC and see what they had to offer? Chet Holmgren doing his legitimate debut now as a rookie, going in his second year and stating that he missed last season because of injury. What did you see there? So I watched until
2: I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> um, home home game opening night and they're down twenty one. I was like, "That's it, I'm done." You gotta show some heart, man. You gotta show some toughness. I understand the OKC is a team on the rise, yeah, but a team I'm with a team with DeRozan, Levine, they should not begin worked at home by twenty one on opening night. I mean, come on, man. It, it was embarrassing. Uh, but the Bulls did have one highlight coming from old-ass Andre Drummond. He, <laughs> he dunked on Chet, and then he stole the ball and, and cooked him and dropped him. He went in for the layup. Um, I actually uh, posted a reel of that on our Facebook page. Welcome to the league, kid.
1: Kid. Yeah, i tell you what, Chet Holmgren has a lot to learn in the NBA. He is nothing but raw talent. I think he's a lot like poor Zingas. He does, I think, may have a better three-pointer than Porzingis, more touch on the ball. But then talking about touch on the ball and new people coming into the league, Chet Holmgren being in his second year, which is kind of officially his second year, but really his first year being injured last season. Wimba, everybody's looking at him and seeing how well he's going to do. You know, I don't think they expected him to be a superstar out of the box, but they just want to get a sign that says that this is not going to be a flop player. He didn't flop. First shot was a wet one. He drops a wet one, but then they're playing Mm -hmm. another battle of Texas. What's up with these battles of Texas going on in the NFL and, you know, not even the NFL, but in uh, um, baseball. Now you have it in the NBA. But then you look at, uh, you know, he gets his three-pointer. He played pretty solidly. But Lucas still shows you that he's the veteran. He's a young guy in this game, too. He still wants to be the face of the NBA. And right now, another triple-double for another Euro play. What's going on with this?
2: I don't know. Lucas Luca, you know, he's a bad, bad man. The Spurs came out strong. They had a, a lead early, but eventually uh, the Spurs, the Spurs, the Mavericks overtook them. Luca was too much for them. Yeah. And basically ruined Wemby's uh, debut. Wemby had, I think, 15 and eight. Not a bad start, you know, for 18-year-old or 19-year-old. NBA, it. bro. Huh? <laughs> no? I said, yeah, it's
1: the NBA. is no shame in yeah.
2: that. I mean, you – some people might be trying to throw shade, oh, he only hit 15, uh, he's overrated. But but that's because others have been calling him the best prospect in the history of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's hyperbole. And you can't expect him to come out and drop 40, 15, and, and you know, get a triple-double his, his first night, being 19 years old, playing, what, 30 games a year? Um, they're they're really talking weird. about it. Is, is he – is he gonna have a minutes restriction? How many games is he ever? Is he even going to play this year? You know how Pop is. Yeah, we'll see. Pop is going uh, to without- you, you don't want
1: you don't want that kid to hit the wall in game fifty and be done for the rest of the year. So, but I think the NBA now because of the management with time rules is going to allow teams to kind of naturally just not allow players to hit the wall, at least these young players coming to the league because now they can rest without having to force them to rest. It's something that's what well, is forcing them to rest. But without them having to hit the wall that they've hit in the past, even when they're going into some of a groove. But I think, you know, you know, Luca being how he is, I'm looking at his turnovers. He had four last night. You know, we look at he was a turnover, a turn-over machine like Russell Westbrook years ago. But he's kind of cutting that down. We don't know over the long term, but it looks like he's in better shape this year. Not the chubby guy he was last year. I think they talked about that a little bit in the offseason about his weight. And right now, so far showing up, we know that there's so much more time to go. So many things can happen. You can get even bored with your success, eat a whole lot more, and it slows down your game. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, you know, Dallas gets there without it. Yeah. Wemby looks solid, going out there, doing the same thing. Another player we talked about already, Chet Holmgren, looking good. But then the Orlando Magic, they win the first game of the season for a change, man. They've been in the toilet for a long time, but they were ascending a bit last season. Not a huge leaps and bounds, but enough. You know, they got rid of Mo Bamba, who was solid for him at one point. No, actually, he wasn't. There was one good game he had against Philly when him and Embiid went at it. But, yeah, he, he's bounced around. Now, he's actually in Philly after going to the Lakers' mess right there. But Cole Anthony trying to celebrate that new three-year extension that he got for, I believe, $36 million. He goes out there and puts up some points. And even though they're bringing in all these point guards, sounding like they want to get rid of him, he's showed that he belongs or at least making his trade value better. Yeah, I didn't
2: pay much attention to the magic. I was watching uh, the Pelicans. Zion was looking good last night. Good. Yeah. He uh, looked athletic, not quite as athletic as when he was at Duke or when he first came into the league. Mm-hmm. But um, he was he was dunking on people, catching hell-oops. He had twenty some points, I think eight rebounds, um, and had a few
1: steals. And when when he's healthy playing, the Pelicans win. Oh, no question about that. His talent isn't the question. Isn't his talent? It's his dedication. You know, is his injuries? And I don't know if the injuries are coming because of his lack of dedication. Some people may want you to believe that he's getting injured because he's not really putting in a hundred percent effort. No, that hundred percent effort he's putting in on these dunks and that outrageous athleticism is the the, his weight coming down on those knees, that becomes the issue. You know, if he could continue to just kind of keep his weight steady and still be able to leap through the sky and add more facets to his game, well, he's going to be that phenomenal talent. It's not like he's a bust. Like Greg Oden was a bust, even though with yeah. the wrist, outside of the wrist, he didn't show anything else when he came. You know, and, they, and you just – I just thought about it last night. They took him over Kevin Durant, man. Greg Oden went yeah. number one, Durant went number yeah. two, yeah. number three.
2: Portland has a bad history at the top of the draft. But getting back to the Pelicans, Zion, CJ, and Brandon Ingram, that's a pretty formidable three. I can say it's a big
1: three, um, but it's
2: it's a formidable three.
1: Yeah, it's a nice young core. And now, you know, we have to talk about a little bit the Memphis Grizzlies now without John Morant, and they lose. Desmond Bain has to try to do something there, but obviously not enough. And until they uh, know Stephen Adams, too, yeah, Stephen Adams, yeah, out for season within the season with injury. and you know, Derek Rose. Did you do you really expect him to do anything? I mean, it, he's brought in not to be a babysitter, like he says, but he is brought in in that mentor role and going to try to get as much as you can get out of him in the 25 games that Jaws going to be out. And apparently, that's not going to be enough to even break 500 by the time Jaw does get back, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I don't think there'll be five hundred either, missing two out of your five starters. Jeez. But they they uh they're gonna have to tread
1: water until Jock ja gets back, right? Yeah. And well, twenty five games, well counting down, twenty four. And you know, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: is he even allowed to practice with the team or he's not allowed in the facility or what? I don't even know what the design on him being there or not being there is.
2: That's a good question. I don't I don't know.
1: And, and we, guess who's not? We do have to Google that. Yeah, and guess who's not sneaking up on anybody this year? Those damn Sacramento Kings. They're <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah. not sneaking up on people this year. <laughs> they, they don't need to sneak up on anybody. They're there, and they're still a solid team looking to become even better. Right. I don't think they're a threat to the top people in the West, the top teams in the West. But I think they can be a little bit interesting, even more interesting than what even Miami was last year in the East. Yeah, it, they,
2: we have to see if they can take that step up, right? Mm-hmm. They're another young team. Um, they made some noise last year, but Steph dropped 50 on them in game seven. <laughs> um, but that was a, a monumental effort that, that that Steph had to put forth to, to bounce them, right? So if they improve this year, it's going to take even a stronger effort from the whole team, not just one guy. So, I, you know... Are they with the Nuggets? Are they with the Suns? I would say no, but do we even know if the Suns are with the Nuggets yet?
0: Yeah. That's it's what it's all
2: talent, but they've only played one game. And um, they have a lot of talent, but Beale has a back issue. Booker's not playing tonight. They'll probably lose to the Lakers. Um, so I, I question if, if if it's really a two-team race if, if and not the Nuggets versus the field.
0: Okay, you got a first-hand experience of the Sports Bag Bros. You can find them on YouTube. I'm going to put their link in the description below. And also, uh, all major digital podcast platforms. So check these guys out if you want to get your daily dose of sports. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) All right, Sports Bag Bros. And thank you to you gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, dude, yeah. All right. Uh, to continue, uh, I guess this will make it part two with about a little history about me, Isaac M. Um, after I got to, uh, California, um, I did a little music, uh, work with a little bit of, uh, studios in my local area. Um sought out some management uh representation uh to find gigs to perform live and such um unfortunately uh, i i began to realize i was i was burnt out and i needed to take a break my plan was to take a um two week break it was only supposed to be for two weeks unfortunately two weeks became a month one month became two months. And before I knew it, years have passed. <laughs> years passed by. Um, came across this one person who recognized me. Now, outside of a small area in Virginia, I wouldn't expect anyone to know who who I was. Okay. And to have this person to know about me, know know about my music, ask me if I was coming out with anything. They were really enthusiastic. Their motivation, their enthusiasm inspired me. And uh, yeah, that really gave me the rejuvenation that I needed (laughs) to get back out there. Um, Once I tried to get back out there, I tried to find... Some of the studios I've worked with in the past in the local areas. All of these (laughs) studios were no longer in existence. Okay, so that was discouraging. I reached out to management company. They were no longer doing R&B and rap. They were only doing hardcore uh, rock and roll, heavy metal type stuff. And they may dabble a little bit into soft rock that was the extent of it so and they laughed at me (laughs) so that was discouraging as well um after that i looked into trying to do like some live shows to get my name out there at least in a local area start working with other singers and rappers in the local area to help get my name out there Uh, that was difficult but one of the benefit of that is I was in a perfect area not just in California but I was right right next to the beach so I could go to the beach and just sing and network and just talk with people and that helped a lot did live shows, uh, open mic nights, uh, you know, walk-ups, you know, somebody didn't show up, I would come in, i have my CD, because I didn't have a band, and I don't play a, an instrument, unfortunately. Uh, I used to, you know, play the keyboard, piano, but after years of no practice, I just didn't feel comfortable trying to play and and sing at the same time not a good idea for me. (laughs) So I had a CD instrumental CD. I could not fluctuate too far from the CD because you know, it's a CD. So it's not a live band. Um, took that in there. Sometimes I would be the last person that they would put on on stage. So if there were anybody left in the audience, (laughs) if, you know, uh, The few people that was there probably was too drunk to even know who I was. (laughs) I finally found a. um, um, Studio that would work with my extremely limited budget and say and they were like, you know, yeah, we'll give you a box time. So you pay this much and we give you this much time. So, okay, cool. So I went to one studio and did my instrumentals and used up the entire time on instrumentals. And then the other one, uh, other studio I went to and I laid my vocals. I brought my instrumentals in, played it, laid my vocals. And they were like, we love it, you know. So I had that and that's what I was singing to uh, when I went to open mic nights and when I went to other places. Now, there were some places that were like, you know you don't have a live band and we don't have a cd player you could do it a cappella i wasn't comfortable doing it a cappella because in in certain p- songs in certain parts of the songs in certain songs the i would have the instrumental would be supported by what i call chorus vocals or supporting vocals so like there were certain ones where I'm still singing the main verse, but then the chorus comes in overlapping the main verse, and I can't do that when it's just me. <laughs> so I would have had that I had that in a CD. So when the chorus come in and this and that's also how I knew exactly where it was in a song, because when the chorus come in or the, or the supporting vocals come in. I was like, okay, so I'm almost at the end. I could do this. I could do that. So if I if I wanted to make any adaptation, I could do it, but it had to be within the parameters. But if they didn't have a CD player, I could technically do it, but then I could only I only felt comfortable doing certain songs because some songs is all about to beat, like um, the bounce and bounce remix is all about to beat. You know, so I was like, bounce, baby, bounce. Turn around, let's see. Won't you dance with me, lady? Bubba bounce, bounce, you know. And then, and so, like, it's all about the, the, the music. Like, even though I'm, I'm singing it, it's like, you, you gotta feel the music. If there is no music, I just didn't feel comfortable doing it a <laughs> So, I didn't do it a cappella. <laughs> I did not. So, um anyway, make a long story short, um, I would go around and find places and people that uh, was looking for singers or singers didn't show up. I would step in and just perform. I wasn't initially I wasn't doing it for money. I was just doing it to get myself out there to the people so that they can start knowing me and and seeing me and recognizing me and such like that. That's was the original uh, reason for me doing that. Um, Eventually because of my lack of, uh, income, I had to start charging. <laughs> I tried to make it reasonable, but in some cases, no matter what, it was never reasonable. Cause it was like, Oh, you are nobody. And I'm like, Oh, that hurts. <laughs> it did. It hurt. It hurt. But, um, uh, but I get what they were saying. And I'm like, I'm not even charging that much. I'm like, come on. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to charge something so I can, you know, have some gas money, you know, something, you know what I'm saying? So uh, sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't when it didn't I was okay with it because I was like okay I gotta start charging something it was over a period of time it wasn't like right away um, one of my biggest performances was when they used to do the block parties and they have several different bands and such and rock and roll bands were very popular at the time so they were everywhere and I was trying to get in the groove, as it were, rock and roll and then rock and roll and hip hop. And then you had this type of hip hop and that type of hip hop. And trying to find where I could fit in that with my niche was a a bit difficult. But I had a couple of different clubs and, and venues that gave me an opportunity to perform. And I did. And I performed for them and and they liked me and they asked me if I wanted to come back and perform some more and I did um that was a good feeling and to establish a, a good good uh rapport even with the rock and rollers a lot of the rock and roll people that chose to spoke to me was like yo man you you got a good voice keep singing you know keep doing it you know I'm like ah, it's not easy I'm like I feel a discouraged man it's like nah, don't let don't let it get you down keep doing it you know, um, there was a few that were like, Hey, do you do cover songs at that time? I didn't. And the only reason I didn't is because I was trying to, you know, get myself out there doing my songs. And then they were like, well, if you can do like some other songs and stuff, we could put you here and here and here, but you can only do these songs that we tell you to do. And I was like, well, at some point, will I be able to you know, throw my own song out there, like maybe one song or two songs that kinda of fit like the the theme of whatever that day is. Initially they said no. <laughs> it was like nah nah. Nit. They were like, nah, you gotta you gotta do it only recognizable songs. No 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 original songs. I said, okay. And that's what I did. Um at some point they let me do one of my songs and people liked it. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, what became popular then or at the time, I think Spotify just came around. Was it Spotify or was it YouTube? Oh my goodness. I gotta go, it was MySpace. Wow, that was a long time ago. It was MySpace, it was MySpace. And so I had my music on MySpace and my fan base started growing and stuff like that. And people listening to my music and everything like that. And then then it came to YouTube and um, my music was on YouTube and, and it was It was so much work at the time it was crazy i would spend like the entire week getting my packages together getting my stuff together going out to the club shopping it out there and a lot of times the club did say no because i didn't have a band all i had was a cd and sometimes they would say yes and then they would have a cd player but then when it's time for me to perform the cd player didn't work and then it was like oh this is a bad cd and it was just so much stuff in there. so i ended up getting three or four instrumental CDs which cost money <laughs> and i had to get it recorded professionally so i could get all of that done it was just one problem after the next but i, I somehow i continued to stuck in there um i made the transition from music to acting around that time frame cuz i was getting burnt out again i had my CD and I was shopping it out there, like some uh, music shops. Music shops at that time was all over the place. So it was it was it was everywhere. And so I, I would either get my CD on consignment, or they would buy it for a discounted price and then sell it in their local local artist area. And I would perform live. I would perform for free live. I would perform for open mic night. And a lot of times they were like, oh, well, you need to stop performing live if you're going to charge people. And I get what they were saying, but I was in a state of desperation because every time I tried charging, even as little as freaking $10, excuse my language, even as little as $10, these guys didn't want to pay that. And I was given like a full set for $10. I'm like, come on, guys. And so I ended up uh, agreeing to the to the, you know, zero amount. I made nothing. And um, so when I went to some place that were willing to pay me, they would come way down on their price because they would hear from this other group that I didn't speak to them, but I guess they knew each other. And they said, oh, well, you perform for them for free. So we're only going to give you this amount. And so that's why I kind of like just stopped performing for free altogether. And uh, that was a challenge. so I made the transition from music. I continued to do music, but I just made the transition from music at that time to um, acting. And in acting, um, I started with uh, at the Actors Workshop Studios in San Diego, learning from some very good uh, actors, in my opinion, that got me in there. And then I went from the acting's work, acting, acting workshop studios to um city college and started was doing that there acting and learning about music and learning about editing learning about uh being an artist and everything uh and i was like you know what i'm gonna try this acting thing i'm gonna try to focus in on that um in the middle of that um i'm with cd baby uh, dis- they distribute my my music. I've been with CD Baby for a long time. I got with CD Baby in Virginia when I was in Virginia uh, a long time ago now, and it was hilarious because I think it was was it April Fool's Day? They did it in April Fool's Day. They put up their old logo from years ago, and basically, CD Baby was literally a baby face with a cd around it <laughs> and the cd was state of the art at the time you know it just came out and uh compact disc digital disc and and so uh, i thought that was interesting when i saw that it just you know brought it you know reminiscing but they always done right by me to my knowledge and i have nothing but good things to say about them um i'm not trying to find anything but you know, they always done right by me. Okay. Um, and so CD Baby got my music on YouTube. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh my God, they think I got my music on YouTube. I was, I was so excited. So I was telling everybody about it, right? I only had like three views, <laughs> but I was telling everybody about it, right? And so uh, the other place that my uh, music became uh, known was um, Spotify. Now, Spotify was some place that um, I started learning that, you know, I could put my music on there. People can listen to it for free and I get, you know, money based off the views, which is similar to YouTube. And my initial uh, page uh, was this right here. Give me one second. And um this was my initial page now by this time i updated a lot of stuff since then by this time you know i have i entertainment the jb and i show motivational videos short films web series gaming and more right and i only have 760 monthly listeners right but these were all of my songs now over time some of these are not like this one is not my song And this one is not my song, but these are all my songs, right? And I was just looking at it. I was like, wow. When I did, this was my first completed album that I ever done, Mystic Rose. And then it was followed up by this one, which is four years later. It seemed like it was like the very next day, time flies. And then eight years later, (laughs) I came up with this one. And so um, there were a short... um, um conflict if as it were with me and another performer who also his name was on his his name was isaac m as well and so um he wanted me to change my name and i told him no i worked too hard to have my name uh he had more um uh, fan base than i did and he basically thrashed me <laughs> he's from france and so I told him I said, okay, what I'll do is I'll drop the period because his he had Isaac M period and I had Isaac M period. So I changed it from Isaac M period to Isaac M, which in uh, the system identifies it as a different person. So this what it became. And this is uh, my prospectively new um, uh, page for Spotify. I only have sixty-nine monthly listeners on this one, and these are all uh, songs that I've done in the last few years, and and then this one came out in twenty nineteen. This one came out in twenty twenty, and then two years later, I came out with this one, um, and it's, it's great. I enjoy it. It's, it's like you know stuff I I do get to uh, get to enjoy. Get to be a you know just it's just great. Um, one of and so, uh, I'm all, I'm on all major digital platforms. Uh, and thanks to CD baby that I I am. My top five, my top five music started out. Um, I wanted to, um promote local music, you know, be at a venue where local artists can be out there. In the midst of me uh trying to get my music out there, I realized how hard it was, how much difficult it was, how much it cost to get Your music out there. A lot of marketing is not good enough just to have a good product. If it's sitting on the shelf and nobody hear it, you got to get it out there. You got to have a good product, but you got to get it out there so that people can hear it. And I wanted to be a venue that people could choose to get it out there. And that's one of the things that I was doing with my top five music. And so I would ask all the local artists or any artists that wanted to help get more exposure. I wasn't charging anything. I still don't. And and I would get their music out there. Even if it's copyrighted, I would still get it out there because I wasn't looking to get any money on it per se. One of the things I quickly realized is that it's hard to get these musicians to submit their music to you because the fear factor, especially if it's not copywritten and, and such like this, the list goes on and on. And I'm like, I just want to play your music you know, you're helping me and I'm helping you. So we're helping each other. You know, that's what I want to do. I was fortunate enough to get a lot of people to, you know, put their music in there for me and I'll I'll put it out there for you guys. So y'all can listen to it, judge it, comment on it, you know, whatever you want to do. I always try to do a deliberation process. So all the music I get is usually stuff that's submitted to me, and then uh i put it out there there there. i usually put it on my discord and my patreon you know um i and in in those uh venues or platform um we discuss it and i'll say okay i think this one should be number one somebody might, else might come and say no I, I like this one better and depending on the votes or what people say or think is the order i put it in even though i'm not like this one better and then the majority of people like this one better i'll put that one in there now um if uh i have more than just a few uh submissions you know more than five i'll carry it over to the next month and so it's usually you know i try to do it like that so that when say if i get seven submissions and I can only do I'm only going to do five or those seven. The other two, I'll ask for more submissions and then add that three those three to the next group and such like that. So that's how I was going to do it. Sometimes we won't get any submissions. I would ask for submissions, we get nothing, and we be in me. But I, <laughs> I was able to, later on. I hired a few people to help me out, but those are like freelancers or whatever. But um. My point is, is I want to do another top five before the end of the year. I'm prospectively scaling it for December timeframe. And then, uh, we go into Christmas or whatever or at Christmas or after Christmas, but I, it's, I want to slide it for December. I want it in there for December. That's the goal. Um, and so that's why I'm now asking for you guys to, uh, send your music to me um and in an mp3 format along with a jpeg or png uh photo or poster uh of you or your photo art or, photo or your album cover whether it be a single or whatever and maybe even a link back to you or your music so that i can put it either in the description or on the uh my top five but i definitely want you guys to get your music to me you there's a couple of ways you can get it to me one way you could do it is patreon you can join my patreon and submit it to me there uh just make sure you tag me and all and um the other way you could do it is to email it to me at my gmail that's middleton industries at gmail.com and then the late the next one you could do is um um Instagram. I'm like, what is that thing called? (laughs) Send it to me on Instagram. Uh, That's Middleton at Middleton Isaac. And uh, you can submit it to me there. Once I get five, if I get more than five, I carry it over to the next week and I continue to do so until we don't get any more submissions. If we continue to get more submissions, I just keep doing it because I I realize that y'all enjoy doing it and y'all enjoy doing your submissions. If I don't get any more, then I won't do it anymore to probably next year when I ask again. Normally uh it, I don't ask if I'm getting a continuous flow of submissions. And but i will I will ask if it's been some time in between and I and I don't myfitwatch.net. You see me say it so much time, so many times. Um it's my online store. Uh, you, you can find uh, Team Firehawk supplements there. I use it. Uh, multivitamin. Um, you can find uh, all the merch there. You know what I'm saying? Gotta get the merch. And uh, you can also find um, all kind of items and stuff there that, that, you know, just will support the uh, the stream, the company, the, the whole nine, the movement, every, everything, you know. So it's just a pleasure and honor to be able to present to you myfootwatch.net okay so thank you so much for your support all right